0: Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast. I'm Daryl Black, author of the 1-100 Leadership Solution, how to be the leader you would want. I'm a leadership coach, facilitator, dad to an amazing son, and all-around nice guy. At least I think so. I think we're as connected a society as we've ever been, yet we're more disconnected than ever. I want to change that. My purpose and passion is to help you learn to connect so you can be a better leader, a better parent, a better partner. Connected Leadership. It matters. Remember to subscribe, and thanks for listening. Okay, let's do this. So, welcome to uh, episode 19. So, have you ever wondered why Captain America has such loyal followers? Why he can lead so well? Well, the answer lies in a whole bunch of things, but what we're going to talk about is the real reason he can lead and I get he's kind of fictional, but it has to do with values. So stay tuned to learn more. By the end of this episode, you'll have learned about the secret drawing power of what we call values. We'll talk about what they are and personal and team values and why you should figure out your own values to lead better. And so in the context of this episode, we'll be talking mostly around personal values, but, In later episodes, we'll be discussing um, organizational values as well and and the importance of them. My name is Daryl Black and I'm taking probably about 30 years of, of experience responding to emergencies and disasters and taking those lessons I've learned and helping you apply them to your personal and professional lives. Before we get too deep into it, a few announcements. First of all, obviously the um, uh, podcast from last week, episode 18, is dropping tomorrow on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and I'll be dropping also some clips onto Instagram and uh, some both my feed and also IG stories and, and LinkedIn and all of that stuff. So stay tuned for that. Now, last week I spoke about, um, the fact that I was heading off to the Canadian Volunteer Fire Service Association um, conference in fantastic Nova Scotia, Canada. And I got to tell you, I was excited for the trip, and um, they did not disappoint. They did not disappoint. So uh, there were, you know, 100 or 120 participants from all over the country, all volunteer. From fire services across Canada, and uh, there were a number of speakers and a number of sessions. So I did a couple of them. I did one on crisis leadership, so more of a class kind of thing, and then also had the honor to do uh, a guest uh, speech a keynote um, on the afternoon after uh, of their AGM, and it was uh, it was fantastic. I, I had a lot of a lot of good times uh, there for sure, and maybe a bit of a hangover. Uh, the day of my talk. But anyways, I digress. Now, that kind of is a good segue into what we're going to talk about. But I want to talk a little bit about the Canadian Volunteer Fire Service Association, CVFSA, and also associations in general. Now, you can tell the values of an organization, and we'll talk about that, and how much they value others um, by how they treat you. So when you show up or even beforehand are they um you know are they well organized are they communicating with you do you know your requirement or do they know your requirements so powerpoint uh you know laptop and all the logistics stuff do they have your room squared away are they clear about expenses and costs and all of those things and I can tell you that without a doubt, Andrew and uh, the rest of the crew and, and Paul who are organizing and, and Angel Dale and the list goes on and on, people chipping in to help on this conference. I can tell you that I was treated extremely, extremely well and uh, in a manner befitting of their association for sure. Now, I do want to show it's going to be a bit of prop time here because I'm, I'm very, very proud of, of the organization that, um, that I helped out with. So let's see here. I will, and again, I'll just get, it's the quality uh, really is representative of the organization. So I got a um, a, a picture, which is pretty awesome. So that was, uh, and a certificate, which I don't have in front of me here, but um, so that was for presenting my topic on critical leadership or crisis leadership. Um, and then for the speech, this one is going to go up on my wall, uh, for sure. And I don't know if you'll be able to see that very well, but anyways, so it is uh, personalized. It's very, very phenomenal. It, I'm so deeply honored and privileged. Now you also know an organization, um, based on their, um, you know, based on their personality a little bit and, they, and everywhere I go I like they like to give um, a bit of something that, that's kind of local. So I am happy to say that I did get some chocolates so for some fire department themed chocolates so I appreciate that. but here is uh, these are the things I'm really super excited about. Got some uh, maple barbecue sauce there. So presumably that's local. So I appreciate that a great deal. And here it comes. So I have a Annapolis Cider Company glass, and the Annapolis Cider Company is actually was just down the street from Acadia University where we were. And um, and here it is. This is it. Right here. You know the uh, the conference organizers know a me. And also uh, they know their, their local areas and are supporting local business. So that's uh, Annapolis cider company. So wanted to really uh, thank the CVFSA for that. Let's do a review. So leadership to summarize or to define it is social influence influences or social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others to achieve a goal. Now, a connected leader, and that's ultimately where we're trying to go with everything. That's, that's my message. This is where, where I want to take us from that old methodology, that old style of leadership, and apply it. And a self-aware leader, a connected leader is a self-aware leader that facilitates but doesn't dictate. One who leads through respect, not fear. One who leads with inspiration and not exasperation. One who is vulnerable, empathetic, compassionate, and calm and expects the same of those around them. In summary, a connected leader is one who connects and then leads. We went on to talk about leadership 2.0 and that is the model where previous models of leadership, especially in, in the environment I'm very familiar with and that is emergency response and emergency management, where it used to be that the leader was at the pinnacle. So it was the leader up here and then the entire team supports the leader, all the information feeds up. All of the authority lies with that individual and if you can picture an organization is hundreds or dozens or hundreds or thousands depending on the size of all of these pinnacles led by a leader and so you know set of boxes we should probably draw them all like this but leadership 2.0 flips that model completely around it takes this and it flips it around so that the leader is the one supporting the team the leader is the one that's empowering the team the leader is the one that's removing barriers uh, all, all of those things that that are required day to day to help people the team do their jobs we spoke about influence and and the sources of influence it starts with position and then it goes to respect power respect influence and a couple of ways that we could get it so while well, the main way is by giving the respect first, and that's on you as a leader. You need to give the respect first, and then you will start to receive it. And there's a couple ways that you can go ahead and do that. One was the power paradox. And the power paradox, unintuitively, says that I get more influence by giving it away. I get more back when I give it away. And the reason for that is because then the power paradox, it, um, it empowers people. It tells them that you trust them. It tells them that you value them. It tells them that you respect them. And chances are when you go ahead and give the, the influence away, they're gonna do a much, much, much better job than if you had micromanaged and stick handled their way, them through their, their paths. So keep that in mind, the power paradox. The second method of gaining respect is what we call the two questions of the connected leader. Okay. The two questions of the connected leader. First question is what are you working on? Okay. What are you working on? And the second is how can I help? What kind of support can I give you? So those are those, the, the two questions what are you working on? How can I support you? So if you utilize the power paradox and you ask those two connected leader questions, start simple. You'll start to see your respect influence grow and that by definition, and by association, your leadership ability as well. So Captain America brought you here. But before we get into that conversation, we're gonna talk about really the the undercurrent or the underlying power, the underlying glue that, uh, that keeps people coming back to leaders like Captain America, like Nelson Mandela, like, like, like all of these leaders. And that commonality, that common ground lies with what we call values. Now, we're not talking values with regard to values of like monetary values, like my house is valued at or, uh, you know, the car is worth this. This has nothing to do with monetary value. It has nothing to do with salaries. It has nothing to do with status. None of the above. What we're talking about are values which live on the inside and in our subconscious, and, and we'll talk about that. So what are values then if they're not monetary, if they're not status and, and all of the materialistic stuff. Well, values in simple terms are what you hold important to you. So what you think is important, essentially. And we're talking pretty, pretty broadly. We're not talking about, I think it's important that I, um, you know, uh, have a TV in my room, which I don't, but it's a horrible example. But we're talking very broad, more life kind of uh, um, values, what we feel are important to us. So if you, if you think of values maybe as a, as a moral compass, and that sounds so self-righteous, doesn't it? And I don't mean it to be, but um, that's, uh, that's one of the things that you can think of, of values. But essentially, it's what you feel, what you hold dear in your heart and what you feel is important. Now, chances are um, when you've been happy in your life or you've been happy at work or you've been happy coaching or you've been happy in a relationship, chances are there's a strong alignment with regard to uh, your values. So there's a lot of energy associated with that as well, but and we'll get into that in in other episodes, but essentially values really guide in terms of guide our happiness. And if we're not happy, and a lot of times we don't know exactly what it is, we're just kind of miserable, chances are there's a misalignment of values. So some examples of these, uh, these values in action as parents. If you think about it in your parenting journey and you're a leader as a parent, what are some things that um, you want your kids to feel are important? All right. So what are some things that you're trying to instill in your child that, uh, that you think is important? And chances are, those are things that you feel important. So, so yeah, we've got things like respect. We've got um, uh, work ethic, a good work ethic. Be a good example. Essentially for me, for my son, Hunter, it's the ability to contribute to society. And I think that if we're all giving more into society, then we're taking out then life and society will be, really be a good place. So some other examples, um, there's accountability, positivity, honesty, integrity, service to others, and the list goes on and on. And in fact, when I publish uh, this episode, I'll leave a a list of values for you to, to pick through. So now that we've talked about what values are, the next question is pretty obvious, whereby where do we get values from? You know we're, we're not necessarily are they're, they're not necessarily conscious and, and in fact they're not so if you haven't guessed it yep our parents or parent whatever the case might be so that is where we get our values from and if you think about it there were certainly some things that um that were non-negotiable with my parents for example so something like every sunday night was six o'clock supper period. Like my brother and I were pretty busy, uh, really busy and uh, doing sports and and all sorts of things like that. But it was non-negotiable Sunday at 6 p.m. supper around the table. Now you would think of that as maybe that's just a rule or that's just kind of an arbitrary thing just to get everybody around and, and all of that. But from a values perspective, my parents knew they valued family time They valued the ability to reconnect at least even once a week. So that was, that's an example of values in action. So why do we even need to pay attention to values? Like why do they matter? Well, the reality is is they are our personal code of conduct. So they provide provide a, a guidance in the absence of clear direction. So... If you are faced with something on the personal level and there isn't a hard and fast answer to it, maybe there's a multitude of answers, one of the things you can do is sit with that decision and see where it settles and how you feel about it. Now, when I talk about feeling it, it's really feeling where it lies within your value set. Now, yes, there are some times when you have an ethical dilemma where there's multiple values at, at play here, but really when you're talking about um, um, values, that's why they sit here. And that's why some of the decisions are like friggin' heart-wrenching, like they're, they're hard to do because they sit right here. So they provide that, that, that guidance in the absence of clear direction and they form your personal code of conduct. Now, leadership-wise, leadership and values, taking that same definition or that same reason, that personal code of conduct, that giving you guidance in the absence of clear direction, we can absolutely apply that to leadership. So your values will dictate how you interact with others, how you handle adversity. Are you negative or are you positive? Do you see opportunity or do you see danger? You'll know what to do when the path isn't crystal clear. So if you're faced with something that's not in the policy manual, well, then you can go back to your values and maybe your organizational values, and that will guide the direction by which you're going to go. Now, if you have strong alignment with regard to your values and say your organization, you're going to be a lot happier at work. But sometimes there's a misalignment where your corporation is doing one thing that maybe on a personal level you don't necessarily agree with and therefore that's going to cause friction or challenges and and unhappiness at at, at work or in the family or in any relationship. So it's important for us to recognize the values really are connectors. They're a personal code of conduct. They are are a, a playbook when we don't really have clear direction. So. Now that we know what they are and how important they are, how do you go about defining them? Because we all have values and chances are we haven't defined them to the point where we can actually articulate them. So we couldn't maybe put them on a piece of paper, but uh, but that's going to change after this episode, by the way. So one of the things to 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 start the process of defining what your value is, defining what your values are, what you feel are important to you is Think about when you were the happiest. Now that could be at work, it could be in a team environment, maybe that's sports related, Uh, maybe that's family related, something like that. When were you most fulfilled? When did you not have a pit in your stomach? When did you feel light? When did you feel expansive? Well, think about that time. Think about the work you were doing. The atmosphere around you, your leader, your partner, your team, your family situation, all of those things. Think about that. And now what you can start to do is determine your values, because chances are whatever you were doing, whoever you were with, if you were truly happy and and, and expansive, there was a strong alignment of values. Whatever you were doing aligned with your values, whatever you were doing was very much in line with what you feel is important so that's the first step is just getting present in your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings with regard to values so let's look at some actual examples here so this the canadian volunteer fire association fire service association i just talked about if anyone has been around firemen and firewomen and firefighters before, you know, that it is absolutely a worldwide brother and sisterhood for sure. And I, I teach all over the place and I see it time and time again. It doesn't matter if you go to the United States or, or all over Canada. Firefighters have that the same or have the ability to see each other and be long lost friends. They go into fire halls that they've never been into before and they'll have supper with somebody, no questions asked. And you know what? There is in fact there it, that's to be encouraged. For example, doesn't matter where you are. So when we go to a conference in Nova Scotia, there's people I've never met. There's people that uh, are from all over the country, all sorts of socioeconomic different locations and, and demographics and they can come in 110 people and bond like nobody's business. We can go out for supper and there's no awkwardness. There's no uh, peacocking. There's no ego. There's none of that kind of stuff. It's so interesting to me to see that. And the reason for that is because the values that cause people to go into emergency services, they're all the same. They're all the same. Respect for others. Uh, wanting to serve others, Uh, values around teamwork, values around strong work ethic, doing a good job. Those are just, you know, a small number of values. And and so you'd have those values, they all come together, just like long lost brothers and sisters. Now, in my own situation, you know, apart from the CVFSA, I I belong to a bunch of uh, emergency response organizations and the teams that really get it. Particularly on the volunteer side the teams that really get it the teams that really mesh the teams that are really effective Have a strong sense of values or the same values amongst the members So just like with the CVFSA in a conference across the country we as a team can come together deal with some pretty interesting stuff that would stress out most other people but really Our sense of team is so, so, so strong and our sense of brotherhood and sisterhood is so, so strong that there are members I've never met. They've gone through similar training and things like that, but maybe I've never met them. And then we go deploy and we're working, bam. You know, uh, like a thousand miles an hour, no issues, no ego, none of those things. And we actually enjoy doing it. We enjoy working with each other and we enjoy doing the job because the job aligns so closely with our values. And one of my values is service to others. So like I said, even with my son, if we can contribute, put more into society than we take out, I think the world will be a better place. So that does bring us to Captain America. Alright, yep, and I get he is not real. He is fictional. But I do uh, do want to say that he has cups and all sorts of um, toys and everything named after him. And there's even a little Lego thing, speaking of my son there. That's, uh, that's Captain America. This is his... Uh, this one was his Infinity War, because he's got his beard and that bad uh, bad shield. But anyways. Alright, so... Let's talk about Captain America and why he can influence others, why he can be such a strong and powerful leader and why he has such a strong fan following too as well. It's because he exhibits values that resonate or are in alignment with ours. So for example, he values loyalty. So loyalty to his teammates, loyalty to his mission. Integrity, 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 integrity. The dude oozes integrity. And integrity is doing the right thing, even if nobody is watching. So it's being staying true to yourself. So that is a value. And, and obviously Captain America has that. Honesty. So honesty is something that if you're asked a question, you're going to be honest about it. You're not going to lie, which is a little bit different than integrity. Even though we think of integrity and honesty oftentimes one and the same. And... Huge respect for his team and his teammates and the rest of the world for that matter. So he has very, very strong values. So the, even as a fan watching, it resonates. Knowing full well he's a fictional character, there is a lot of alignment. There's a lot of uh, loyalty towards a fictional character. So that goes to show that you can, you can demonstrate and portray values and it, and it bridges a gap. It brings people a lot closer together. And the list goes on and on. We can talk about Superman. If you want, we can talk about Batman's values if you want, but suffice to say, values can actually kind of, it's a double-edged sword. Values can be used to bring a team and individuals together in alignment or conversely, a, a conflict of values can tear a team apart or cause an individual or, or relationships maybe to, to splinter a little bit. So, Values in action—the the, the importance of of establishing them. I have a, a personal story here. Um, 2011. I was teaching in Australia, teaching leadership um, to a whole bunch of folks with uh, with various fire services. And I was coming home. I'd been gone for about six weeks, I think it was. And um, so I log into the Sydney Airport at the McDonald's, and I'm, my flight's leaving the next morning, and. <laughs> my uh, my emails like blowing up slave lake slave lake slave lake so slave lake was on fire quite literally now i mentioned a team i belong to and it's a team that responds to these kinds of emergencies and disasters all over our province and i went into emergency mode i'm like holy shoot all right and so you know right away the, the, you know, the emails are, are coming in, Daryl, you got to gotta help us. You got to deploy with us. We're leaving at this time and we're going for two weeks, so on and so forth. So I go into like crisis mode. I'm like, yep, sounds good. I'm emailing back. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be landing in 12 hours or 14 hours, whatever the number is. Somebody pick me up. Let's go to Slave Lake and let's go, go save some lives and let's go help a bunch of people because that was a strong value for me, right? Service to others. So... We're in logistics mode and I phone home and I get that we don't phone home anymore, but uh, like this, but, um, and so my partner at the time, I said, yeah, I hear, you know, the slave lakes burning. It's uh, it's really, really bad. And, uh, my partner and I said, here, here's the plan. I'm going to get, uh, get into the airport and they're going to pick me up and all sorts of stuff. Well, here's the interesting thing was my partner at the time, she said, well. You do know you've been gone for six weeks, right? And this is the most important part of this particular story. Right at that moment, literally in that moment with that statement, I decided I didn't want to go, that now was not a good time. Now it's not one of those BS things where, oh, oh, the partner said, uh, really, I shouldn't go because she was fully supportive. But I decided right then and there, crystal clear that I wouldn't deploy, that I wouldn't go to Slave Lake and be with my teammates. And the reason I was able to do that, the reason I was able to make that decision and be one million percent okay with it, where it settled me right down, the reason for that was because I had clearly defined what my values were. And family is a very, very strong value. And in this particular case, it just took a little tweak, a little reminder for me to just put that value back in alignment, black back into its place, which was at the top. And as a result, I didn't deploy. I did not deploy to Slave Lake, and I've had similar situations throughout. Now there are times when, you know, just the reality of, of a situation says I'm going to subjugate, I'm going to put that value just down a little bit in the, for necessity, but I'll tell you that is the exception. Sure as hell ain't the, ain't the rule. So the takeaway for you from this week's episode is jot down a handful of values. Think about them at the very least. I talked about when you're happy and happiest both, you know, in a relationship or maybe at work or doing a particular job or mission. Think about that and think in particular about the ones that expanded you, that, that didn't constrict you or, or didn't cause you to contract, but made you actually feel lighter, made you feel more creative, made you feel more innovative, more relaxed. Think about that and then put that into the context of values because as we said, that enlightenment that uh, expansion be- is largely because your values are in alignment with what you're doing or who you're with or, or whatever whatever the case is. So feel that first, think about that. and then jot two or three of them down. We don't need a long list and again, I'll, I'll post a list in the in the podcast and the show notes uh, for next week. but you know we're not talking about an exhaustive list. just one or two. Just start there. Now call to action, we've got a couple things. Obviously subscribe to the podcast. There's one drop in tomorrow, that's from last week's live. Um, But we're on Apple and Google and I think SoundCloud as well. So that's one, but then also please, please, please join our Facebook group. Uh, We're getting close to getting the critical mass of numbers that I wanted in my mind. Uh, But please let's go ahead and and, uh, push us over the top. I'll open the doors and we'll we'll deep dive into more conversations that we wouldn't get into here on the podcast. So I'll leave you with this around being a connected leader. Don't just be a a manager or just a leader, be a connected leader Influence through respect, not fear lead with inspiration, not desperation, be self aware, facilitate, don't dictate, be vulnerable and expect vulnerability back. Be empathetic and expect empathy and be compassionate. That includes self-compassion and expect compassion back. Be calm, manage the stress of yourself and those around you and expect calmness around you. In summary, a connected leader is one who connects first and then leads. Next episode, we're gonna talk more about the fact that you could be really stifling your team. You could be stifling your relationship. Maybe if you're in a senior position, you could be stifling your agency. It's a concept that I call leader as a lid. So we're gonna dive into that and uh, I think you'll, you'll be glad you spent some time there. Now remember to subscribe and comment and share and we will absolutely see you next week.